what do we have here? What do we have here? Welcome everyone to another edition. And as a matter of fact, you know, I keep thinking about those numbers, but welcome to another edition of the Watkins Award. I'm Coach T. Tate, which sometimes I just call myself T. Tate, but I'm here with my sidekick, right hand man. Look at him smiling with another one of those sharp, Shop shirts on, Mr. J. Everett Pearsall. How you doing, Mr. Pearsall? I'm doing wonderful on all accounts. All is well. All is well. Well, we got another exciting show, as we always say and always deliver. There's one thing to talk about, it, but man, this show is about it. And certainly, this young man that we're bringing up today, man, look here. I can't be more excited especially in light of the fact that I used to see him in college. And man, you talking about a kid that was, what can I say? Just just as humble as you would want your own kids to be. This one that's coming up today, Dominique Sims, man, can't get no better. But before we, you know how I love introducing our guests, but before we get there, Mr. Pierce, first of all, I want to do the disclaimer. The views and opinion of this show, of those of myself, T. Tate, and that guy right there in that black shirt with that Alliance logo on it, that logo, fresh. And that looks like a fresh shirt. So we're going to talk about how you can get one of those. But uh, certainly the views and opinion of myself and Jay Everett Pearsall. So do not hold, do not hold uh, BBS radio, any of our advertisers or sponsors accountable for what is said on this show, because there are some things, there are some things, Mr. Pearsall, <laughs> that are said on this show that are highly unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. You know, people can't figure it out. We come day after day after day after day. And we come with stuff, man, that just don't make sense to the average person. But, you know, I am going to say, I am going to say that today is the 36th edition of this show. 36. So that means we've had 36. I like to use the word bona fide because people... Kind of, you know, like, uh, are they talking about, is this for real? I mean, I can only think of legitimate, you know, uh, it can't get no realer than this here, that these are academic All-Americans, every one of them. First of all, the academic All-Americans coming out of high school. Second of all, the academic All-Americans coming out of college. So they take the seeds that were planted in them at an early age and they just move along in life. And as they say, you teach a child as you would want him or her to be. So we can't make it no obvious and no truthful than what we have been time after time after time. But with that said, Mr. Pearsall, I know you like to talk about your game of the week. I get your emails, but 
instead of reading your emails, I like listening to you talk about it because the Watkins Award is a special award. And it's so special that you talk about the young men that this award represents. And every year, we're on the hunt right now for that ideal academic All-American. So before you even talk about your game of the week, what is, in a brief way, the criteria to qualify to be at least acknowledged to possibly be an honoree? And then secondly, just slide on into your game of the week. I'll do just that. And so when you talk about eligibility and what qualifies you to be a person who could and should be nominated for the Watkins Award, uh, we really deal with three different sports. We deal with football, basketball, and baseball. And so essentially what we're looking for are the top 150 football players, the top 50 baseball players, and the top 50 basketball players. Now your athletic ability, although it will get you nominated, at that point, there are no advantages as to what you do on your court, in your field, and what you do with your teammates in terms of your performance. At that point, we have a committee of individuals that will be looking for the package that you put together to talk about what you represent off the field. What is your character? What are your grades, your scholastic aptitude? What are your peers saying about you? How much community service do you have? And at that point, we have a committee of individuals called our selection committee. And those individuals now look at your package, which we've uh, defined uh, for the individuals who were nominated to be able to respond, to figure out out of those individuals who decide that the Watkins Award is something uh, that they're about, now uh, which of those should be among the five that become a class of individuals of which we all call, I'm sorry, I'm sorry we call winners for a given year. And so every year uh, we indoctrinate five individuals as part of the Watkins, and we've been doing that now. We'll be coming up on our 30th year. Again, it's a special group of individuals. And again, when you talk about the fact that we're talking, you know, we're only nominating the top 150 football players in the country, I got an email the other day and they said that they know an individual who is fifth in their state. That is a great honor. I'm certain that that honor would take that individual to new heights. I'm certain that that individual probably got a number of scholarship offers, probably in the tens or the twenties, but being fifth in your state doesn't even get you close to being the top 150 in the country. We've got 50 states, you know, and so in the district of Columbia, in perspective, and the District of Columbia, and so being fifth in the state could just as well make you a far cry from the 150 top 150 that we consider for the Watkins Award. And so they're very special athletically, but again, once you're nominated, we could give a hoot about what you've done on in your sport. We now concentrate on who you are as a person, and only the individuals that rise to the top in terms of all the things that they've accomplished off the field become one of the five individuals that we select and that we honor. And we're rolling that into this game of the week. In fact, I'll tell you that I'm still in Columbus. 
I'm still in Columbus. And so the game of the week this week was the Ohio State-Penn State game that was in Columbus, Ohio at the Shoe. Great and game. I didn't realize that I hadn't been to the Shoe for quite a long time. And the reason it came up was because the mother of one of my Watkins guys that I came to see looked through her phone to try to see when was the last picture I'd taken with her son. <laughs> and so she said, the last picture I have is when you were at, they don't call it Michigan, they call it the team up north. They mm-hmm. said, the last picture I have is you and my son uh, when they played the team up north. Because- that was three years ago. And so I said, no, 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 no. That was four years ago. I said, no, 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 no. I was here two years ago. Now, COVID, you know, shut it down. And I I didn't travel last year. But the year before, I saw them in Maryland. The year before that, I saw them in Michigan. So I hadn't been to the shoe in five years. Five years. I can't believe it's been that long, but has actually been that long. The University of Ohio welcomed me. Uh, Mo Hall actually gave a call. To the, uh, to, the, to the university and let them know I was coming and they rolled out the red carpet. And so I showed up with bells and whistles on to see three of our young men who are here at the Ohio State University. One in Nick Petit Frere, his fourth year at the Ohio State University. He is the number 78, the left offensive tackle. And boy, is he something special. He didn't let COVID hold him back last year where he barreled through and continue to get better and better and better. And this being his fourth year, if you take a look at all of the mock drafts, this individual has been noted on many of them as creeping into the first round. What a technician he is at that position. He rears out of Tampa, Florida. And one of the things that I was most impressed about when we talk about all of the athletic things that these kids or young men have gone on to accomplish, uh, what we most talked about was the fact that he's going to be graduating in December. And so in three and a half years, while dedicated to getting better and better at his sport, he did not do that at the sacrifice of both his grades, where he'll have a 3.4 grade point average, and at his education and at his degree. I hadn't seen his mom for quite a while as well, which she pointed out because she went through the picture gallery. So we got a chance to spend some time together as well because just the same as I come to these games of the week, I look forward to seeing mom and dad as well as the performance of the kid or the young man. I could watch that on TV, but it's nothing like sitting in the stadium with the family, being able to take a look at their child perform at the highest level of college athletics. There are two others. I know I'm excited about Nick, but I typically go in chronological order, but these other two were from our last class of Watkins. And one in Cody Simon, the second of a family that actually produced two Watkins guys. I talked about his brother last week, Shane Simon at Notre Dame, and now Cody at the Ohio State University. And man, is he a monster. Really, for most of them, because COVID shortened the season, This is almost like his freshman year. Even though last year didn't count from a standpoint of eligibility, he is now in the starting rotation at linebacker for The Ohio State University. And now third in tackles. 
with approaching 40 tackles probably after this past game. When I watch him in the middle, he's platooning with another individual, but he really, uh, really covers the field well, covers the pass, as well as he clogs up the middle. There are no runs coming up the middle when Cody Simon is in there. And boy, he's getting better and better and better every time I get to see him play. Last but not least, Court Williams, who came all the way to the Ohio State University from Los Angeles, California. Los Angeles, California, where he competed for a state title. But now in his second year, unfortunately, last year, he had a non-contact injury, tore his ACL, came back in record time, and now is performing in some packages as he continues to recover and get back to 100%, but in all special teams. And so one of the things that I'll tell you is that if not by the end of the season, absolutely and positively by next year, you're going to have two Watkins men covering the middle for the Ohio State University. And you know as well as I do how many linebackers have actually come out of the Ohio State University. And for the Watkins to have two young men that will platooning the, be platooning the middle for this institution in football at this time is extremely special and likely to never happen again. And so it's exciting. More importantly, both of these guys are ahead of schedule in terms of their studies, doing great, doing a great job in the classroom, both of them above a 3.0 grade point average as they continue to get better and better and, in court's case, recover from what some people never recover from, which is a torn ACL. They're doing a great job with them, but he came back ahead of schedule. And so I got a chance to see Amy and Michael, the mother and father of Cody Simon. I also had an opportunity to see Court's parents as well, Court Sr. and his mom. And boy, what a joy it was, because often you'll see me write it up. I don't come at the same time that some of the parents do. But in this situation, I saw the parents of every one of those three. And we spent time at halftime or during the game and after the game, just in dialogue and in fellowship. And let me just tell you, I miss coming here to the shoe, but more importantly, uh, it reminded me of the joy because typically I get a little bit of football fatigue at this time of the year because we're getting into November. And some of these weeks, you know, I'm, I'm going to two and three football games a weekend. So by the time November comes around, a little bit of fatigue sets in. Not this year. I'm getting more and more energized, more and more excited. And to see the parents and, and these young men out here and them to continue to conduct themselves in a, a manner that's, that makes Watkins proud, but more importantly, makes their families proud. It's just a special thing to be able to get out here. And uh, I know you've got some ties and some friends that have gone here, so you know very well what I talk about when I talk about the prestige of the Ohio State football team. I'm tired. <laughs> I mean, after all that you just said, man, you didn't even take a breath. You just kept going on and on and on. Man, shut up. You fi- I ain't seen you fired up like that in a long time. But I can only say that I know that those young men uh, and their parents really appreciate your presence, uh, especially being up at the Horseshoe. And uh, just a, a wonderful place to be. I just want to say that, you know, that, that uh, wonderful game of the week, was brought to you by one of our sponsors, JMA Solutions, uh, where you can find them at JMA 
solutions.com. Uh, they're out of Washington, D.C. Uh, just an awesome high-tech company. Feel free to give them a call, 202-465-8205. That's 202-465-8205. Another one of our sponsors I'd like to just highlight real quick is Magic Waste Valet. That's magicwastevalet.com. You know, the owner, Merlin Knight, uh, is an awesome guy with over 25 years of customer service uh, and cost-effective experience uh, and reliability. I mean, this, this guy is, you know, the quintessential of a person who understands waste management. So, you know, magicwastevalet.com is another great place to do business with because they support us and we appreciate that. I also want to recognize the fact that if you came in on the latter part of the conversation, we talked a little bit about the Watkins Award and its criteria, uh, but Mr. Pearsall also gave his rendition of what he um, certainly saw at the game of the week and seeing the parents and the players really is the highlight of him being there. But what I like, um, I, I like most is the fact that you know, the camaraderie uh, and the, the kinship, the family that comes together at these games. And you get a true sense of what the Watkins Award is all about. These young men will come into the organization and they pretty much already know what to, to expect, but expecting one thing and experiencing it is a whole nother story uh, because you know they get a chance not only to, to get around other great guys, but they also get a sense of these guys have gone the same path uh, that they are about to partake in. Um, our next guest, you know, I'm just going to, you know, say it. I'm, I'm behind me. You can see. You, you, you can see what's behind me. It's the University of Minnesota football stadium. You know, up in Minnesota, you got the Big Ten. We just talked about the Ohio State. Well, you have the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers. It gets awfully cold up there. It gets awfully cold, but they love their football up there. They love their football. And, you know, I've had a great time going up there. I mean, you know, certainly the young man that's our guest coming up, I mean, it's not I, I, it's not even enough time to even talk about him uh, going to De La Salle uh, High School in Minneapolis. I mean, everybody knows a little bit about Minneapolis, but this young man takes it to a whole nother level. I mean, we say it over and over and over that these young men are special, but you know, I'm starting to find out it's nothing special about this when you already have your mind made up. And these families understand to plant these seeds early because we get a lot of parents. I get a lot that call me up, Mr. Pearsall. And as I mentioned last week, you know, I I had somebody was saying, well, can I call in? Can I call in? Yeah, you can call in anytime you want to. 
And we'll let you talk to these young men, you know, for the little time that we have, 188-627-6008. That's 188-627-6008. And you can call in on the show at any time. Mr. Pearson and I don't want to make it seem like we've taken over the show that we won't let you talk to them and find out that they are real. Because I know it's hard to believe that you get a young man like Dominique Sims that comes out of high school or why he's there, he pulls off a 4.0. So he's a legit, that means he took all, I mean, I, I don't know why I got to explain this all the time, but clearly that's why I always do the disclaimer, the views and opinions. I mean, this is my opinion that this young man, he not only focused on his athletic ability and tried to, to make sure that he improved every day, but he was focused on his academics. And we're gonna we, we we're gonna go into why is it that he, he in particular not only played football, but Dominique played, you know, he won't say it. But he played every position on the field. He probably was an assistant coach on the side. He come off the field, take his hat, helmet off, put a hat on, you know, got a clipboard. And he's he's uh, doing plays, whether he's the, the offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. He's done everything. I mean, this dude was truly an academic All-American. But here's the thing that that impresses me most. Dominique is so humble at the fact he would go to college, unlike most young men, go to college and all the coaches knew that Dominique was willing to play whatever position in order to help the team. And it's rare that you get a young man who goes with that kind of unselfish attitude. And he played several positions in college including linebacker, defensive back. He even played quarterback. He doesn't know that. I know that. But, I mean, this dude even played quarterback. He could play anything coming out of high school. But with all that said, Dominique Sims, welcome to the Watkins Awards show, sir. I appreciate it. There we go. There we go. Man, it's... (laughs) It's been some time, and certainly we do appreciate you being here. And what I want to do with my viewers, what I want to do with my viewers, first and foremost, is I know that you can see that stadium behind me. And I always talk about how my guys help to build these stadiums. But my viewers are very keen. A lot of them are very, especially the young men and young ladies, but the young men who inspired to be the next Dominique Sim. So they may see you with a University of Texas shirt on. So <laughs> I want them to know that you inspired and made sure that your little brother, right. Jericho, went to the University of Texas and played basketball. I mean, I can't believe it's been this long, man. You make me feel like an old man when I saw him. He was a lap baby. But Jericho goes to the University of Texas All-American, and now he's playing in the NBA. So let's make that clear. 
That he's supporting his little brother. But yep. at heart, once you bleed, golden gopher, that burgundy and gold, you always bleed, despite him having that orange and black shirt on him. You cut him, <laughs> he bleeding burgundy and gold. But Absolutely. we get that off the table. So here's one of the things I always ask the question, Dominique. I okay. always ask this question. How in the world do you become the type of player that can play all the positions, but you get to high school? What is, what, what's going on in the Sims family home that you take in your academics? This, to make all A's in the ninth grade and mm-hmm. to be a, a five-star athlete by the time you in the 12th grade, man, you got to be extremely laser-focused. What's going on in your household when you leave in middle school going to high school? Right, right. Well, I I, I got to be honest. Uh, I have two older brothers, Jason and Ty. They went to college. They did well in school. But my dad, Dr. Charles Sims, uh, was one of, he was the only black dental student after he finished playing basketball at the University of Minnesota in the 70s. And his work ethic, you know, 5 a.m. to 11 p.m. and his diligence and his I mean, he always preached. You got to have your studies taken care of. You got to have this taken care of. And he would constantly lay little landmarkers out there for me. And, and, you know, he wasn't he wasn't really satisfied. And neither was my mom. Let me make sure about this. Uh, They weren't satisfied with, hey you know, a B plus, an A minus, an average. They wanted to see me at the top of of the academic level too. So it was almost an expectation and a bar and a standard. Uh, But my dad and mom had proof in the pudding in their academic uh, success. So they weren't just preaching something they wanted me to be that they weren't. So that's that's huge for me. Those, those, Those older, you know, my mom and dad and my two older brothers set the bar for me. Well, they practice what they preach. Uh, so by the time you get to the, the ninth grade, I mean, when did you all of a sudden realize that you're going to capitalize off of this thing called football and get you a free education? You know, to be honest with you, I, I, well, I I should, I should say this. (laughs) They knew, they knew how competitive I was too. And they knew if my older brothers had did it, they knew I knew I could do it. Let's just, let's just say that. Okay. Jason and Ty could do it. They knew Dominique knew he could do it. So I think they put that carrot out there in front of me on purpose. Um, but it was probably about ninth grade. My dad said, you know, we got to give football one more year. Because I was a basketball player. Everybody in my family plays basketball. My youngest brother, Jericho, plays for the Knicks right now. Got drafted uh, not too long ago. And you know, he, he he just said, let's give football one more year. Let's just see. And you know what? That next year, my sophomore year, I started most of the season at quarterback. I played free safety, started at free safety. And my dad said, you know what? This might be your ticket. And so we kept on we kept on going from there. Well, I, I, I mean, clearly, by the time you got to the 11th grade, mm-hmm. you realized that football was going to be your sport. Right. And you're a five star. So right. what held you at bay to stay home with all of this, despite it being 2000? But what yeah. held you at home without going to, let's say, the horseshoe where 
Pearsall was hanging out last week or <laughs> somewhere at the team up north, as he referred to, uh, or any of the other Big Ten schools. What made you stay at home? And, and, and uh, Mr. Pearsall was hanging out with my dear friend and high school coach, Tony Johnson, uh, <laughs> who I got to throw that in there because he's one of the, the best men in my life. But, um, you know, well, let me, let me, let me, uh, let me have you ask that again. I distracted myself. Say it one no, more time. No problem. What made you stay at home opposed to going to one of the other Big Ten schools or anywhere? Because you right. was the kind of athlete could have played anywhere. But what made you stay home? Well, you, you know, I, I really wanted to play quarterback. And my arm was a little bit sore, so I didn't have that much confidence. Um, I could throw it. And I had a couple offers out there from big schools, Notre Dame, Northwestern, Nebraska. But I just thought, you know what, I think I'll miss the hitting. And you know what, let me just trust this arm. But what kept me is the coach at the University of Minnesota. He was a hard-nosed coach. He was all relationship. A boy, would he get would he get in your ass if you didn't do right? And my dad was coached by somebody like that. And I was always coached by coaches like that. So I think that's what kept me home. I kind of wanted to branch out. I didn't really want to stay home. Um, but I did. I was smart enough to know where the opportunity was. Now, it, the the athlete that you were, still are an athlete. I mean, once an athlete, always an athlete. <laughs> but where did you get the attitude at as a teenager that mm-hmm. you was willing to play whatever? You humbled yourself to go to the university and say, hey, look, I mean, the, the, the jury is out on you. You was willing to do whatever it took to make the University of Minnesota a better football program. Where did that come from that you was willing to make that kind of sacrifice and play any position? You tell a kid now, you're going to have to play this position. Then right away, they transfer, man. They going in the portal. Why did you open yourself up like that? You know, I think, I think it, it comes down to, I think my parents were good at, hey, do what you're asked of your, do what's asked of you first. Then you can make your requests on what you want to do. And so I think for me, you know, uh, I never wanted to be a, a player that sat on the bench or played a different position and complained first. Well, let me, let me, let me go prove myself first. So I, part of it was I accepted the challenge. Um, you know, I didn't want to play uh, free safety, but you know what I said? What if, what if my ideas aren't the best ideas? What if linebacker is a great place for me, right? What if, what if I find out, uh, you know, that's where I'm, that's where my home is and that's where I'm best suited. So, you know, really the other thing is I love a challenge. I love wow. somebody, yeah, I can't do it. I love somebody telling me, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if Sims can do that. Okay. All right. Sign me up. So. Well, look here, it's always a pleasure. And I'm going to hand you over to Pearsall. I can see him popping with joy. (laughs) I remember coming to Minnesota and seeing you up there uh, one particular time. It was cold as the dickens. But, hey, you know, that's Minnesota. I apologize. You haven't been back since. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I, I learned a lesson. I learned a lesson. But to say the least, Mr. Pearsall, Look here, I can't wait to hear if one of those names is AKA Mr. Warm Guy. I mean, because it stays cold up there. It's all yours now, Mr. Pearsall. Dominique Sims, AKA 
D Sims, a.k.a. <laughs> Mr. Watkins Y2K, a.k.a. Mr. Minnesota, a.k.a. Mr. <laughs> Minneapolis, a.k.a. Mr. De La Salle, a.k.a. Mr. State Champion, a.k.a. the best athlete in Minneapolis, a.k.a. Mr. Versatility, a.k.a. Mr. Quarterback and Safety, a.k.a. Sensational Sims, a.k.a. Dominating Dominique, a.k.a. Mr. Entrepreneur and Man of Faith. They call him me. Yes, they What's do. Up, brother? What's going on? <laughs> I tell you what, special, special memories when I think about the opportunity uh, to bring you into the Watkins family back in 2000. And when I think back then, I think about what transpired to, for us to come into our relationship. You already know. You mentioned it, Coach Johnson. Now, he and I, you know, not even knowing it was going to be the time before you come on the show, uh, we spent the weekend together last week and, and went up to Green Bay, and we reminisced about those years just the same. I got a phone call, and, and it was out of the blue, and one of the things that Tyrone always talks about is four stars and five stars, and how do you find these individuals? And we go through a long list of the encounters and things that I had to do early on in order to make yeah. people understand how significant this award is. But let me tell you, your mom was on the job. Your mother knew, found out about the Watkins Award and told head coach Johnson, you better reach out to Everett and investigate this and make okay. sure that this is something that, you know, my son and my family should go after in, in terms of his being involved. And so Tony called me up and called me two or three times. I finally picked up the phone. And he began to interrogate me. Now, normally, I'm on the phone trying to tell parents about it. I'm going to games. And I'm like, hey, let me kind of make sure that you understand how significant this is. But Coach Johnson is interrogating me. And he said, well, look, you know, Mama Sims called me up and said, you know, if this is something worth it, I'm going to put it on you now. Investigate it. Make sure it's right. We went through it. I sent them some literature. Obviously, the package came through. And you guys began to compete for the award and became part of the Watkins family. Yeah. Man, you know that your mom and dad are near and dear to my heart. And as mentioned earlier as well, you know, your brother, who is just a little tight, you know, yeah. elementary schooler, probably preschooler when we had an opportunity to meet, is now a towering seven-footer, as well as yeah. the rest of your family that I had an opportunity to meet through the years and coming to see you play and having our function there in Minneapolis for you when we did your dinner. But let me say something. Let me ask this question first. Okay. A person who goes through high school dominates in the way that you did it. And again, when I talked to uh, Coach Johnson, he talked about the countless times that you guys sat in the office together and, and challenged each other to come up with a game plan to victory. Um, knowing that you had all that leadership within you and the responsibility on you from an athletic perspective, how on earth were you able to stay just as dedicated to getting a 4.0 in the classroom? How do you do it? How do you be such a great football player and yet a great student and a great man of character as you are? Well, you know, I, I think it first starts off with my parents. I mean, they, they put an emphasis, equal emphasis on that. Um, and, and then I think the second nature is just them knowing me. I, was, I wasn't going to go compete and beat, you know, people on the field or on the court and then go in the classroom and get whooped. 
let's just say that I just I, I just I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. You could put me in the scholarly arenas and I still want to be at the top. And, and you know, I, I will say this. Uh, my parents had an interesting way of, uh, you know, of, of motivating me. You know, I, w- I was motivated. Every, I was motivated uh, by their this their look. You know, I know my dad was my dad would say something. He would say, so. Uh, so how's that class going? I say, oh, this, this, and that. OK. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. And he'd do just like that. And that's all I needed. That's all I needed. And I was back at it. So, you know, that's that's probably the, the biggest thing is just is just my folks constantly talked about it. You know, and I think it's important today, you know, with uh, you know, I have I have uh, I, I didn't tell you this, but our, our fourth uh, child, Everett, is a girl. So I got, I got four. Oh! <laughs> oh, I tell you, tell you, we got six, six boys in my family and now there's four girls in my family. <laughs> Wow! Um, Congratulations. I'm new vote motivation uh, skills. I'm going to have to come your way and ask you for those about, about uh, school and everything. <laughs> Let me tell you, my two daughters are my joy. And I tell you what, boys, um, they'll challenge you in different ways, but really, uh, they change your heart in another way. And so I then I congratulate you on that. I definitely uh, congratulate you. Spending the amount of time that, that I have in, in, in St. Paul, Minnesota, and Minneapolis, Minnesota, I understand, understand that it has its own challenges. People don't think of it in the way that they think of some of the major metropolises like a Washington, yep. D.C., or in Atlanta, Georgia, or a Chicago, or a New York. However, you know, you make one wrong turn, and, and you're in a section that really can you know, put you in a position of being uncomfortable, if you will. There are a lot of disenfranchised and there are things going on just like they are in any other city. Mm-hmm. Can you give me an example of, of when you were in high school, when you were put in a position where you could have made a, a wrong decision or you had an obstacle that you had to overcome? Um, what was it? And then how did you overcome uh, that situation where you made the right decision and or was able to overcome a particular obstacle? Yeah, you know, I really, really clearly uh, early on in uh, sports that, you know, most of us don't know this. I grew up over in North Minneapolis in the beginning um, and, and North Minneapolis at the time uh, was very, very different than it is today. They kind of uh, they took the projects and, and, and threw them out into all the suburbs. But um, at that time, um, you know, I was playing for my little league team and I won't name any names here. But my little league team, my coach so dope. And he was selling practice and we would fight every day and we went through a lot of things. So my mom and uh, my dad took me out of that park, put me in another park. Well, you know, just so happens that the neighborhoods aren't that far apart. And, um, you know, you got a lot of uh, you got a lot of bad things going on. Let me just say that Uh, uh, drugs, guns, you know, all kinds of stuff. And for me, it was always and this speaks to the Watkins uh, message it was always about the mentorship I had. You know, it's funny. I always had one coach. Coach Bill was my coach. I always had, you know, there was maybe one or two other players on the team. And we kind of just did this, you know, and we started to create a little bit more of a majority. Um, but those mentors, those coaches, those, um, you know, a few teachers are, are really the people that I kind of hung on to and clung to. And, um, I just I could think of, you know, a few different times where guys were going one way and, you know, hey, come on, let's let's hey, you know, come over here. 
and I would, and I would, ah, let me, no, let me, let me go over here with, with, with coach, you know, let me go over here and go home. And it's just that, you know, right or left decision, but my influencers were on, on this side. My influencers weren't over here. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, in that crew. So I, that was, that's what it was. The, the relationships and the mentorship of the coaches. Um, and then really my, what my coaches were saying matched up with what my parents were saying. So then I put I put those together and went that way. Oh man, excellent answer. And again, people don't look at it that way. And because I've been there so many times, uh, I know it's there. Um, but mm-hmm. people who haven't been there say, "Oh, that's Minnesota. You know, that's a certain area that's different from." But we know that it's all there, and there are a lot of opportunities for you to go left, and a lot of opportunities for you to make the wrong decision and get mm-hmm. involved in some very very bad situations. Um, that's- Every one of the Watkins guys really have an experience that becomes their own, but also an experience that can help another individual, be it a parent or one of the kids that may be going through or have to make a decision as you have. And one Mm -hmm. of the things that I know that can be a challenge for a person who makes a decision to stay home is, Mm -hmm. you know, now you have everybody there sort of tugging on you. And so one of the questions I wanted to ask was that, uh, and Tyrone touched on a little bit, but staying home in Minnesota and having gone to high school there and won a state championship there. um, Tell me, you know, what were some of the things that you had to do in order to stay focused while you're in college and stay on course um, to get your degree and also to be the best football player? Because, you know, some of the guys go away to other states, some go away as far as possible, some stay home, but you stayed home. You know, what are some of the things that you had to do in order to stay focused while you're there uh, on Minnesota's campus and in their program. Yeah, you know, I guess the the first one, um, and, and not to sound, uh, you know, funny about it, but I had to stay out of the neighborhood. You know, yep. I lived had to stay out of South Minneapolis, North Minneapolis, and not every part, but I had to I had to kind of stay where I could be focused. I had to stay, you know, on campus with my teammates and, and really in school, you know, at the time. Um, I think the other thing for me that really kept me uh, grounded was I had some really good friends and, and they've, you know, had NFL careers too, Derek Robinson and Jared Newberry. Uh, Jared Newberry went to Stanford um, and graduate done very well and had some uh, runs with some other teams. And Derek Robinson had a nine, 10, 11 year career in the NFL um, and you know what I was, we would always keep track of each other, you know, what was going on, what were they doing? So we kind of started, you know, shifting to this pack of, uh, people that were kind of achieving at the next level. Um, so, and I caught a little criticism from, you know, my friends in South Minneapolis, North Minneapolis that I was, I was, you know, but, you know, I was changing, I was different, but you know what? I was focused on different things. I was going different places and I always kept the connection. But um, I definitely uh, was not hanging around because we did have some uh, very bad things that happened in college. One of my roommates uh, died and got shot. Um, and obviously with the things going on right now with George Floyd. So, you know, there's a lot of opportunities here in Minneapolis to, to not make the right decisions. But I think if you just stay with, I, you know what, honestly, Everett uh, Watkins and uh, Zoe Alexander, Marcus Houston, you know, guys like that were, I mean, you think about the timing of us linking up right after high school when so many independent decisions are made. 
you know, those kind of guys also influenced me. You know, Marcus and I had kept in touch for so long and just pushing each other and moving forward. And then we got a chance to go play each other, you know, in college. So, um, yeah, it's amazing. I think, but I appreciate Watkins. I appreciate you. Well, you certainly lead me into the next question where I'll give you a chance to elaborate it, but I think you kind of already dug into it. And so if you think about the journey, not just through high school, but obviously through college and through your professional career uh, and now into your entrepreneurial endeavors, um, what has the Watkins Award meant to you and how has it impacted you? I think the first thing is just family, Um, you know, more than anything. You know, Adam Boone and I kind of came in together, both from uh, the same city. Um, um, And Adam's been a friend for a long time, but. You know, honestly, I, I think of the community of men, you know, I remember, I think, I think you remember this, Everett, but I remember seeing Watkins in Jet Magazine. Yeah. And I remember seeing all these just, I mean, you know, at the time, you know, I'm coming out of high school, larger than life, professional, well-dressed, confident black men, but in a community, you know, and I, and I remember meeting you and it matched with everything that I was seeing. And I just, you know, when I when I look at that, it was not only something I wanted to emulate and strive to be like, of course, why not? Um, but it also, you know, gave you a sense of, OK, I want to be a part of that. You know, and I, I do think that, um, you know, the family, the community of Watkins is, um, you know, try to say this in the right way, but it was is stronger than even the message that you have in serving others and and the mentorship and things like that, uh, to be honest, Everett, uh, you know, it's, it's the relationships are everything. I mean, you know, Zoe Alexander and I have been friends for, uh, gosh, 20 years now. Oh, wow. Wow. Now you're no. making me feel. They, they look, that Tyrell talked about it earlier. I'm like, ooh, I know my grades are popping, but you know, that <laughs> <laughs> to make me feel a little older now. Yeah. Um, Jer- so Jericho, my youngest brother, he, I don't even think he was walking. He wasn't, dude. I'm telling you, he was so small. (laughs) Now, again, you touched on it when you just talked about it, but, you know, Minneapolis has become the epicenter of the Black Lives Matter with what happened with George Floyd. And who would have thought that the city of Minneapolis would become, you know, sort of the epicenter of that? And I just saw, you know, the the statue of bus that they they erected and, and some of the things that they've done there locally. Um, tell me a little bit about, you know, what's been happening there in, in Minneapolis. You don't have to go deep, but just, you know, some of the things that uh, you've run into and or faced living there and being from there as we've gone through, you know, a bit of a, of a tumultuous time, but obviously uh, an, an, an awakening, if you will. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm, I'm very familiar with Minneapolis. Let's just say that. Um, and where George Floyd was killed was probably six, maybe eight blocks from where I grew up. Um, really right in uh, in the neighborhood, actually right a uh, uh, block where uh, Jericho, my other younger brother, Isaiah, played park board football. So, um, you know, was it a shock? It was that it happened. Um, but there have been some problems that need to be fixed for a long time. So in a way, we weren't shocked. Um, and without getting, you know, making too many comments, um, you know, that could be taken one way or another. Um, it's great to see people and organizations like Twin Cities Stand Together, um, which I'm a part of, uh, step forward and take some action 
in the city, right? Not not kind of handing it off to somebody else to do. So that, that's been one of the things I think I've appreciated is seeing people come together to make some change, which, you know, if you have a network like the Watkins family, I mean, come on, you know what I mean? You can, you can do things, right? You can, you can come together, but um, you know, I, I have seen improvement. Um, you know, it's taken a lot more uh, coordination and, and people coming together in unity. You know, the dust has kind of settled a little bit uh, here. And so I think now people can be more clear headed and, and, you know, really kind of come together and, and find out, you know, who's really helping the cause and maybe who's, who's not. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you very much for that update, because obviously uh, a lot of people could talk about it, but, you know, if it's down the street from where you grew up and it's where you live and it's where you played, uh, you really have a, a more integral knowledge of what's happening and appreciate you imparting that on us. Um, one yeah. last question I do want to ask is, you know, we know that you had a, an incredible career at, at Minnesota. We know you, you, you know, you, I saw the uh, state championship ring on Coach Johnson's finger because um, <laughs> uh, we spent some time with the Johnson's guy who was in charge of the championship rings. And, uh-huh. and really, we talked about it a lot. And then the stint with the Colts and a couple of other teams, you played some NFL ball, but then you transitioned into business. And when I talked about you being a strong man of faith, but an entrepreneur, and I know they go hand in hand along with your family. Tell us a little bit about some of the things that you're doing right now and as well as some of the things that you're embarking upon both in the most recent past, now leading up to now, some of the things that you're doing and involved with now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So after NFL Europe, I went into, you know, kind of a kind of an injury reserve year and a half, two years uh, with a microfracture surgery on my right knee. And anyway, I came out of that and was helping my father uh, open up a dental practice. I don't know if you knew this, Everett, but he's opened up another dental practice um, actually in North, North Minneapolis. And anyway, uh, some health challenges came up, so we couldn't finish that off. And that just kind of migrated me right off into, uh, you know, marketing, sales, uh, business, which I, you know, I was actually animal science. I was going to go into veterinary medicine, you know, um, you know, marine mammals and things like that. So it, it, it definitely, um, you know, business really kind of caught me at an interesting time. You know, my hair was longer, you know, down. <laughs> if you remember that, uh, Dominique. I do. How you <laughs> big hair, baby. Big hair. Big hair, um, Dominique. <laughs> um, but, you know, today, my wife and I, uh, Leslie, uh, she, who actually was a color commentator for ESPN uh, uh, College Basketball, uh, we actually own a company that markets and sells, you know, everyday products, um, partner with, you know, like a, a Nike and an Under Armour, and, and we help move their products online. So with the pandemic, things have just flourished. Uh, it hasn't been, uh, obviously, we don't want the pandemic, but it's it's really kind of moved people into uh, an online space that they love. And and we've been able to help people with, you know, products that um, protect them from a lot of things that are going on right now. So, and then we also own a trucking brokerage business called Dom Sims. So that's going on right now. That's, that's uh, actually going very well as well. So we've got two things that are, are really cranking. Um, and then obviously Twin Cities stand together, um, being on the board of that organization, um, you know, ground level uh, with everything going on uh, in the aftermath of George Floyd. Um, yeah. So those are, and then I've got those four girls, you know, well, three and then, the fourth one's coming, Everett. So, you know, um, 
you know, a lot of it is about uh, much of the Watkins message, you know, in serving others. You know, we become free, um, empowering other people, right? And right. so it's more about pouring yourself out into others. And, and so, you know, it's, it's funny how it all connects, you know, it all connects. So anyway, that's, a, that's where we're at right now. <laughs> Absolutely. And I will say that uh, I am a testament in all of my travels and, uh, and Nick and his wife have tried to keep me protected where, you know, I regularly have purchased things to try to boost uh, my immune system and prepare me to be able to get on the airplane and to go all over the country and uh, constantly get calls to make sure that I don't run out. And so my health uh, has been positively affected. Uh, unfortunately, my weight has been affected yet. He didn't give me a pill for that, but my health has definitely been affected. And uh, I'm very, very happy that uh, they have taken uh, you know, sort of a mission to make sure that I had uh, the right things to help me with my inner system. And I can get out here and see these guys, and these families as I have without becoming ill in any way, shape or form. Man, I love you. I love your family. I thank you so much for coming on today. And, uh, you know, anything you need from us, you know, we're there for you. We'll constantly be there. I look forward to getting back out to Minneapolis and getting us a buddy bowl. And, uh, you, you know, so, seeing the kids. You come in from November to February, or are you going to wait till after February? Because I know Mr. Tate's not coming until till after February. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, unless absolutely imperative, typically I try to stay away from Minneapolis in December, January, and February. So I'm likely going to wave my buddy bowl when that snow starts melting. But we'll get okay. there. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. We'll get there. I'll tell you back over to Coach Tate. Thank you, Nee. Yeah. Don't put my business in the street like that. I mean, I love Minneapolis. I mean, I've had a chance to spend some time over at Paisley Palace. And yes. I must admit, one of my good childhood friends, uh, Sidney Lowe, used to coach over wow. there with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah. He, he and I grew up, to, we've been knowing each other since we were eight years old. So I was, I was with him a couple of weeks ago. Uh, as a matter of fact, and he and I talked about that experience up there and being on Lake Pinnataka and all those other places up there. Yeah. But, you know, it's a joy to hear you talk about uh, your community involvement. And certainly we appreciate you setting that path because you're not just talking it, you're walking it. And we certainly, because you got some other younger Watkins honorees that are watching the older guys and seeing what you are doing in the community. And certainly your community, you know, was a hotbed, you know, and still is. Mm -hmm. uh, and it needs people like you to yeah. come in and certainly help these young men and young ladies to do the, the proper things that is required of education, reading, writing, arithmetic, but the most important is critical thinking skills. How do we resolve these issues by thinking critical? Because I do remember a couple of incidents, not only with the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, player, uh, mm -hmm. but with a, one of the Minnesota Viking players. I mean, mm -hmm. I won't call any names because I don't want to hash up anything uh, <laughs> old, but we know that they were going on. But Dominic, let me just ask you, you know, in closing, uh, Look, man, 
Are there any way that people can uh, get to you on a social network? Can they watch what's going on in the Sims family life, especially with four girls? You got to keep people updated. <laughs> what's your social network? Well, you know, I'm, this. I'm not huge on it, but I am on LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, Okay. Well, I hear the music in the background. Look here. Dominique Sims, man, it was a pleasure. Make sure you tell moms and dads that I send my regards. Tell them I'm sorry I won't be there until after the winter. You know, but hey, what we're going to do, we're going to welcome you in return. Come on out because I think we're going to be doing the walking towards this coming March in 2022. Okay. So we'd love to have you and or the family out there. Be the girls at home. You know, we want you and the wife to come out to have a good time. But look, everybody, we've had an awesome time. I'm Coach TJ. Of course, I got my right hand man, Jay Everett Pearsall, and our special guest. Dominique Sims from up right. there in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We appreciate we appreciate you. I feel like I'm getting cold just talking about Minneapolis, Minnesota. Can't even talk. But we I forgot to say Supermodel Sims, favorite underwear. Me. <laughs> I didn't want to bring that up. I didn't want to bring that up. But we'll see you next week. This is T Tate. We're out of here. <laughs> I know you could do it. All you gotta do is put your mind to